<laughs> Let's go. What is up, dudes and dudettes? Welcome back to the Check Engine Podcast. It's the only podcast produced by three two-time winners of IMSA's Spirit of the Race Award. We're streaming through Anchor.fm or anywhere else that streams interesting content that you want to hear. Working off of the blue microphone, my name is Nick. To my left, blessing the purple one is Andrew. What's up? <laughs> oh, not much. Not much. It feels good to do two recordings <laughs> in, in, a, in a row. It's been a while, I yeah, think. Yeah, we're back into some sort of operating rhythm, kind of. And then off to my right, blessing the microphone that is as orange as his hair is our friend Tristan. How you doing, man? Good. Oranger, actually, which is unique. That's true. It's yeah. more that's vibrant. A, that, yeah. yeah, that's rare. Yeah, That's rare. Uh, so right off the top, last time before we um, signed off, I forgot to tell you guys about all of our social pages and um, forgot to ask you guys to subscribe. I forgot to ask you guys to write reviews. So I'm going to do that now just to get it out of the way so we don't forget. We're on Facebook at Check Engine Podcast, Twitter at Check Engine Pod, and the same with Instagram at Check Engine Pod. So find us on socials, write us a review, hit that subscribe button. We appreciate all of it. Thank you. Okay, next. <laughs> Andrew, what's going on today? Well, last year we, well, last year I came in here with a strong take on SEMA, which was fuck SEMA. You love it so much. I hate it so much. (laughs) And, well, I mean, we're recording this the day after the very last day of SEMA 2019. Yep. So I thought we could just take a moment and see if I can keep up that same energy. See if SEMA kept the same energy year to year. If SEMA still pisses you off that much? Yeah. I feel like that it does. So... (laughs) I don't feel like your position's changed on it in 12 months. I mean, probably not. What I should have done, if I was smart, I should have gone back to that episode, look at all the stuff that we pointed out, and see if any of the companies who brought all of that stuff to SEMA last year did anything even remotely approximating producing anything they brought to that show. Oh, that's not what it's about. Actually, it is. That is what it's... Never mind. I'm not doing this with you. (laughs) Anyways, that is what it's about. Uh, but but it's not. This year, this year it seems like a little bit of a different show to me, or maybe it's just paying more attention to what's been happening in the in between the two shows. Okay. But um, yeah, I mean, the the first thing, the very first thing, you can, if you've read any SEMA coverage this year, someone has talked about the Supras. Yes. Yep. The wasabi. <clears throat> well, that or any one of the 42 other Supras. <laughs> there were actually 43 Supras at SEMA. It's <laughs> a lot of Supras. Um, I, I mean, it's mostly... Were they all new ones or was it like a range of old and new? New. There Sorry. Are 40, those are 43 differently mm, modified... Mark V Supras. Mark V Supras. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> 
So, um... Why? I don't know. I don't know. I guess I'm kind of of two minds on this. So the first thing is, when we talked about the Supra, what we talked about, one of the things we talked about was expectation versus reality, right? We talked about the Mark V needing to follow up the Mark IV in some respects as it came to street culture or street tuner culture, even though, you know, what that is today is significantly less clear than what it was in the, in the original Fast and Furious. So this has to be some kind of answer to that question, right? 43 differently modified street part, quote unquote, mm-hmm. Supras that, I mean, someone is trying, including Toyota because they brought four, four or five. Yeah. It's quite a few. And Toyota those, brought nine. And oh, shit. a TRD Avalon. I, I actually like that more than the Supras. But, uh, well, yeah. So, so Toyota brought a bunch of additions. That's what it was. So they had, um, there are the street modified ones, which may be by a third-party company. Almost almost all of them are from third-party companies showing off their spoilers, ground effects, blah, 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 blah. But Toyota brought nine additions, Nick, or... So Toyota themselves brought nine. So they brought the, let me scroll through them here. They brought the Heritage Edition. The good one. Yeah, which actually has, I guess they actually took a spoiler from the MK4 and put it on the new one. Right. Um, they brought the Gazoo Racing Supra GT4. So which GT- is also a pretty good one. I, I like the GT4. They brought the 3000 GT concept. But the GT4 is the actual race car. Right, right, yeah. right yes. So that I, is the one I, that they plan to race in 2020. I don't actually count that one. Okay, well, then we'll Just move because, on. So yeah. they brought eight. So we move forward. <laughs> there was the, uh, the 3000 GT concept. Nah. Which, uh, da, 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 da. inspiration from the iconic 94 3000 GT Super, which is only sold in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, blah, 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 blah. I think that's one with the cool exhaust. Yeah. The wasabi concept that I previously mentioned. Green. All green. <laughs> green. The performance line concept. The mildest of the bunch. Is that the ye- like the one with like the yellow accents on it? The performance line one? No, that was the 3000 GT. Oh, shit. This one is it. just like Arctic silver. Oh. So that's going to be the closest to what you could probably someday maybe hope to buy from a Toyota dealership. Right. Uh, and I think it comes down to a sticker. Carbon fiber body kit that Toyota already sells in Japan. Oh, my bad. Um, <laughs> engine suspension stock. Blah, blah, blah. Um, well, that's all they. That's all this article gave me. So there was probably a couple more than that, but probably those. Those were the ones that they pushed. The that's hardest. just like the official Toyota ones. That's not what any of the aftermarket. Right, right, right. And, but those are the ones that like they had a um, Twitter campaign to like vote for your favorite edition, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's interesting. I think you can look at this as Toyota sort of admitting. That they could have done better with the Supra, yeah, not what they brought to SEMA, right? No, yeah, no, no, right, no. right, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. that was like, clear. yeah. Here's all the stuff that we could have done with the Supra, but we, we just rebadged a Z4, so it's fine. Yeah, so that's one of the things. Like the, the the very simple detail, the the Heritage Edition. Obviously, they put the you know Mark IV wing on the back, which is cool and looks fine. It's not the best looking spoiler specifically, but they actually gave it the iconic Mark IV circular lights yep yes but they just did a straight imitation instead of what they could have done and i actually put a um i made a version of this in gimp and put it up on twitter yesterday um all i did was take the exhaust out of the um 
uh, the 3000, which is a dual mm-hmm. exhaust yes. on the side exits and like giant pipe exits. looks so cool. Yeah. Uh, and then took the lights off the Heritage Edition and made all four of the circles red instead of having them in the traditional the inside ones are white there's two two reds and then yellows in the corners for mm-hmm. obviously reverse lights and blinkers but if they took that same design those four circles in the rear tail light assembly and just made them all red with led centers white on the inside and amber on yeah. the outside it looks amazing it looks so good super modern same design i mean it's like everyone gets that but they didn't do that they just did like a, a little like D and then like a little line and it's just lame that they, they, they could have done better. And I think that's what they're part of what they're admitting here. At least to my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't disagree. The other thing, uh, another funny thing I saw on Twitter, like I don't know who manages the Toyota UK Twitter account, but they are after you. They're active. No, they're not after me, <laughs> but they are active. They are. <laughs> they should be after you. Cause you've gotten into a fight with them before. Yeah. But I'm not the only one. Um, no, no. I forget. I, I forget what. Uh, I forget what their original tweet was. I think it was. Oh, they were they were promoting this um, vote vote for your favorite. Yeah, yeah. Edition Supra hashtag whatever it was. I don't remember. And some other user commented on the Heritage Edition. <laughs> Why did you put a Supra wing on a BMW? Oh, and and Slam. Toyota UK tweeted back at them with like the SpongeBob meme where like every other letter is capitalized, like Toyota or BM, yeah, Toyota wing on a BMW, and then like the sleeping face emoji and like get out of here. Uh, no, <laughs> no, he he's right though. Yeah, you, that's <laughs> that is exactly what it is. Hit Toyota UK down to the fact that BMW handles the recalls for them. Yeah, he's he's right though. I mean, it's fine to be salty about it, and it's fine to like, oh, ha, 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 uh, gotcha, gotcha, Twitter user, but it is it is a Z4, and mm-hmm. it is a Toyota wing on a Z4. Like, well, we don't have to do this. We don't have to pretend. It, that just is what it is. And, and bringing 43 goddamn Supras to SEMA shows that you know that people wanted something different, something better, something more unique. Now... I say all of that and have to admit that my prediction about the Supra outselling the Z4 has been completely wrong. Really? Yes. That's something that's sort of tangential, not necessarily related to SEMA, but related to the Supra. Uh, so obviously <clears throat> the Z4 has the numbers overall for the year, sure. but they weren't putting out Supras until September something august yeah yeah doesn't really matter mid to late summer we'll say at any rate in america where they're producing more than 300 or whatever stupid (laughs) number it was yeah yeah. (laughs) whatever stupid number that was 300 of them great uh no you sold to whitechapel in london fantastic (laughs) yeah in america where you can buy them uh they are outpacing the z4s in fact i think uh month to month they're winning and i think there's some there's some number about this. I have a little back and forth of this with some people on Twitter. Uh, the Supra is set to outpace their expectations. Uh, in fact, double their sales expectations, but their sales expectations for this year, this half year, was 1,500, and they're on pace to sell about 3,000. So, I, I hey, guess, hey, good yeah. On, good on you. I, 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 yeah, no, I was wrong. Yeah. But um, 
Oh, the heater just kicked off. Doesn't matter. It's winter here. Uh, it's actually about, ja- it's actually January. Yeah, enough about the Supra. I, it, I just think it's interesting to you can almost use that one car as an example. I think, or a little insight into what exactly SEMA is for. And I wish I could remember what they did last year. Did they do anything? Did Toyota do anything for the Super last year? Yeah, for the Super at SEMA. I don't think so. I thought their announcement came later. I was at a, it was at an auto show in like December or January. I'm trying to remember. It was either that or they brought that display that they had at the Milwaukee auto show to SEMA, which was literally one Supra on that thing with a poster of the NASCAR Supra behind it. Remember that? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, yep. think, I think that was it. I think that's all they did. Next year, we'll have 80 of these. For you. <laughs> next year they might have none. <laughs> well, I'm know. saying last year they're like next year we're gonna have a zillion of these. Yeah. They bought like whatever, thirty four. Does anyone yeah. else care about the I'm so, I mean I'm just wondering like just as I was scrolling through reading off the official ones that Toyota brought, like that three thousand GT is actually pretty cool. Yeah. Like yeah. Why, why not just do that in the first place? I don't know. Like, and that's the just thing. Do that. Like and you'll have so many people just geeking out over it. <laughs> that, yeah, it's like I, I'm sure we'll see more of the other side of SEMA later, where it's like, well, clearly those parts don't even all fit together. That's not going to be something you can produce. Yes, <laughs> go yeah. find the Facebook group SEMA fails. It was yeah. actually it's actually pretty entertaining. Yeah, that was a, that was a thing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think that was a group specifically for this SEMA, right? Like, yeah, they just go through and they find build fails. Yep, <laughs> like now, you you joint bolts not put in properly well that's the thing people were posting those pictures all over twitter yesterday and they're getting boosted a lot and i was like i don't know what's wrong with this it's very uncomfortable everyone's like ha, ha, ha. imagine thinking i'm like all right man Sounds the one good. that i the one that i really did love was the bent drive shaft yeah that was the stereo. Stereo. okay that was obvious <laughs> bent to make it fit <laughs> okay just leave it off like everybody else did. There was there are some that are super obvious. Yeah. But I, yeah, I'm not I'm not a car parts guy, especially yeah. visually. Right. Like if I can understand if it's explained to me, but um, yeah. I mean, none of those none of well, I'm not gonna say none. Very few of those cars were actually they're literally just meant to sit in a booth and go in a trailer. Like, right. A lot of them were just talking with people from from my employer who went out there because our our company had a booth there for the first time. They came back and they said, "Yep." Yeah, half of them were actually just shells like yeah. it was just a body there was n- there was nothing even under the hood you know so. yeah i mean i guess just to finish with the supra what what kind of makes me mad is that and and again i did already say this i think but i'm just restating it the fact that all of these special editions that toyota brought like the tweak was paint the tweak was different exhaust exits the tweak was taillights i feel like that's enough evidence to prove at the very least that something in the agreement between BMW and Toyota specified very little deviation from the core of the Z4. I mean, the fact that these tiny little changes are being promoted as the coolest thing yet to happen to the Supra. Right. There's something else. It's not enough. You're not doing enough. Exactly. Do more. Exactly. Just do more right away, and you won't need 43 different additions. That's the thing. And they could have had it all. Just those little changes could have gone into the core model of the Supra, and you'd have a car that's significantly more awesome without ever touching the engine or the suspension. Right. 
visual changes all the difference in the world. They, they couldn't bring green paint. They need an addition for green paint. Stop. Knock it off. Knock it off. Yeah, they make a lot of green paint. You don't need... <laughs> there's, there shouldn't be anything extra on <laughs> No, that's it. everywhere. You, you just go into your Sherwin-Williams, man. There's green paint everywhere. You can buy that. <laughs> yeah. How about that? Mako will paint your car green for you. <laughs> or right. that. Yeah. We're yeah. not sponsored by Mako. But get at us, Mako. All right. All right. Uh, let's, let's, move on. let's move on to another one. Uh, can I just, let's just talk about what I think is the best story of SEMA. Yeah, please. All right. And that is the Quinton Brothers Dodge Challenger. Now, the car itself, it's a... It's a um, Quinton Brothers Auto and Performance is based out of Vermont, and they made a 1,000-horsepower Dodge Challenger. As okay. you do. As you do, as everyone has done since that thing has been re- released. Like, yeah. That part isn't special at all. What happened was, though, um, their, their truck and trailer was stolen before the show, and this Challenger was inside the trailer. Um, they tracked, the, they tracked the, perp- the assailant down, and when the trooper tried to block the Challenger into a parking space, the guy just put it in reverse and slammed through the trooper's explore, Ford Explorer and got out of there. So he smashed through a fence and drove a stolen Challenger across a nearby karting track during a karting event. <laughs> so wait, they, like, they had him cornered in... They had, they had him cornered. He was in a parking stall, and the guy just... Like outside park- SEMA or something? wherever they tracked him down via video surveillance doesn't say where they actually caught the guy oh, gotcha. or tried to catch the guy, but he was in a parking stall. They parked him in like perpendicularly <laughs> and he just went, well, he had a thousand horsepower in his challenger. So he just backed up right through, <laughs> right oh, through geez. the Explorer and kept going. Um, then he drove onto a go-kart track during a karting event. Did he complete a lap? Um, he, it does not say. And was he the fastest time? <laughs> you know what? I would say he probably... I would say probably not, not. It's hard to hustle something like that around a track that small. Especially car tracks. Super yeah, tight turns. Super tight. Um, eventually, he, the guy ditched the car and he was later arrested. So they got him. Justice was served. Um, so they just kept the... Like, they had no choice. They just displayed the car with all the damage on it. Um, you see, they still got like... They, they had a little bit of fun with it. They put like police tape like police oh, sure. line do not sure, cross sure. across the car like i just think the car itself isn't that special <laughs> the, the story behind it is wild <laughs> how it got onto the showroom floor yeah no kidding <coughs> i think sticking, i mean what was he looking to do yeah i mean well like, probably to steal it well yeah, yeah but he, like he got the he got what he wanted <laughs> he wanted to steal. It. He got and attention. then what? What's like? What's the end game there? Uh, to <laughs> drive, drive it. it. Yeah. yeah, complete success. <laughs> the heist was <laughs> a success. Well, I think yeah. I literally think that's what like. If you're out there to steal a car and drive it, I don't think he's gonna like joyride it. Yeah, he's he's taking it for a ride. He's not gonna try to sell it. Where are you gonna sell a car like that? You know, like that's right. not it. Right. I think it's just like he knew he was probably gonna end up arrested, or at the very least ditching the car and running away because he's not going to be able to take it with him. Right. You know, but sticking with the Mopar or no car. (laughs) Yeah. It's a Mopar theme that we had going for the last one here. Did you guys see the 1500 plus crank horsepower charger? No, no. Um, It's got a wide body kit on it. Okay. Um, And it is actually made by, some local boys, Wisconsin-based Speedcore Performance Group. Oh, yeah, the Speedcore Dodge Charger. I see it here. Yep. Um, and uh, so, basically, they took the donor car, was actually 
one of the pursuit chargers because mm-hmm. it has all-wheel drive. Oh yeah. And they took a demon engine and stripped the supercharger off of it and fit it with twin turbochargers. Okay. And a specially devised transmission to handle 1500 horsepower to the all-wheel drive system. Right. Um, but yeah, wide body kit, big chunky tires, and mm-hmm. all black. And the, the funniest thing about this is, you know, like, we kind of joke about, you know, oh, this is you know, SEMA, none of these are ever going to be, you know, made, you know, by the manufacturer. And that's true. However, the other side of that is that you do see things that are made by these tuner groups. Mm-hmm. So, and like, like, can be then repeated. And this is yeah, actually, they just laid the blueprint for you. Yeah, and this is actually what, well, and they'll do it over and over and over again. And this, so this is actually something that was requested by a person who had purchased something that they had at SEMA the year before. Um, this guy bought their, you know, tuned demon from last year, and then said that his brother wanted a car, but his brother was quote more of a four door guy. <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay for sure for which is sure. i thought that was amusing i can so, relate so they said yeah okay well let's make a charger for him and they had to find all the right ways to do it it's harder than just bolting a bunch of power into a demon right but totally yeah i was i, I thought that was kind of a funny story it's like i liked mine so much i'm gonna buy one for my brother also show it at sema for me <laughs> right but that was, you know, nice little... I, I What I didn't know initially, I actually had to track down the company itself because I was just curious what else they had done. They I do a lot out. of good stuff for, like... They do a lot of work for famous people. Yeah. And like, I was like, celebrities get a lot of their cars customized by Speedcore. I was like, huh, they're out of Wisconsin, which didn't know. Yeah. Um, we got some stuff here. Actually, the uh, the car that... Not Kevin Hart. He was in the car that crash like his yeah. assistant or his manager was driving that car that mm-hmm. put him in the hospital like that big wreck a couple of months ago that was a speed core built car oh really yeah yep. oh my god i didn't know that mm-hmm. that's interesting so and and well isn't part of that to go just go way off semen topic <laughs> isn't part of that lawsuit that he's now facing that the car didn't have like updated safety Stuff which obviously wouldn't because it's a 1970s car. Are you an like, idiot? You're like, driving a classic car. Yeah. I thought I could have sworn well, no one in the car was wearing their safety belts. So, so there was that. Wait, Wait, I don't have gonna... to do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> have the computers do it exactly. Yeah. So, regardless of what kind of safety equipment is in that car that Speedcore put in, and if no one who's riding in it is utilizing it right <laughs> it doesn't matter what irrelevant you counselor it, completely irrelevant yeah um all right what else happened at sema well one thing that i just remembered was super popular last year and it, and it led us to make fun of tristan was the <laughs> proliferation of off-road spec vehicles that are a half decent idea when you see them on the floor but never make it to production um like that uh Overlanding, yeah, like overlanding. I have that article pulled up already. <laughs> overlanding, like Ranger or something they had last year, right? Yep. And there's like a Ram one that was for glamping, and um, and the funny thing is, this year they've just taken it to twelve, not even eleven. Twelve, <laughs> just skip over eleven, dude. <laughs> put giant, put giant wheels, 
and a higher suspension on literally anything. Yeah. Well, last year, that's what I'm saying. Last year was like a little trickle, right? And now it's just like the dam has broken and they're going to put overland everything. Yes. And it is truly did stupid. Like like, like, I'm a a big fan of like vehicles that are done properly for it. And I think a Ranger could work. Mm -hmm. A Ram would work, Mm -hmm. you know, even something like a, like a Touareg, you know, like, okay. You know, there, there's at least the basis there that, you know, okay, cool. Right. Like cross Trek. But you know, Veloster. Okay. (laughs) Two, two separate issues here. You know that they have to do the cross Trek one because everyone in the whole entire world, every single person on the globe at this point has written to Subaru saying, Make a WRX cross track. Yes. And they're not going to. They're no. never going to. Absolutely. Not. I'm going to. <laughs> Myself. I'm <going> to. <laughs> so they have to do something with it, right? And and this must be what they're going to try to push instead. They're going to try to push the off-road aspect instead of give people what they actually want, which again, since no one at Subaru is listening, is a WRX cross track it's not that hard you goddamn idiots you guys they were, they were too busy trying to cram a pun into halloween with their name <laughs> subaween subaween <laughs> that's just that never gets old no it's really funny <laughs> well because it never it's been a week but still. right right <laughs> but uh yeah so that that those are my thoughts on the x uh, xv it's not it's not the xv no. cross track anymore it's just the cross track isn't it uh, i don't know eh, no one cares yeah uh, but so Moving I feel on. like that's the explanation for that. The Veloster grappler concept. The grappler. I wish you would, Hyundai, <laughs> but you won't. So get that shit out of here. Again, that's what we touched on <laughs> earlier before you moved on quick. That's not really what the show is about. <laughs> like coming ah, out with stuff that this is my to- favorite. That is not even a car. They can't see it, Tristan. No, I'm, I'm showing you guys, so uh. I'm going to tell the people with my words. Tell, okay. tell the, use your words now. Audio medium. It is an overlanding <laughs> concept vehicle of a, like, Bombardier, like, UTV. That looks exactly like that, uh, what is it, the Polaris Urzer thing? Yeah. That looks exact, is that what that is? Yeah, I think it's... Well, they all look the same. Yeah, they're all the same. They're all, they're all... It's kind of a racist statement about UTVs. Side-by-side ATVs. Well, no. No, what I'm saying is like the front, the actual look of that thing looks exactly like that Razor. And I'm wondering if Bombardier is part of the ownership group there. Anyways, I'll look that up. But keep going on that. It's not even a car. (laughs) (laughs) Minus a very few places. Hard-hitting reporting. Minus a very few places in like rural Wisconsin or Tennessee. You can't even drive those on the road. Right. Like, the whole point of SEMA is, like, cars. <laughs> I, I, I feel like, why is this here? I don't know. That that one stuck out to me as, despite all the stuff that has been given the overlanding treatment that, you know, shouldn't have, <laughs> cross-trek, everything, that one even somehow seems worse, even though it might actually be better. Right. Somehow. Uh, just for updated information, um, Bombardier is not part of Polaris and vice versa. They are, in fact, direct competitors <laughs> because of um, the Bombardier is like the 
fancy version, but they have, uh, what is it, BPD? Yeah. Their performance development, where then they actually do make all of that same shit, jet skis and ATVs, side-by-sides, all that stuff. But it is funny that they just made it look like the the Razor. Urzer. The Urzer. <laughs> Urzer. <laughs> but yeah, so it's, I mean, I think it's... I think it's great, in my opinion, that the idea of it has gotten so much attention. Because this was something that was, you know, me and a few hundred other people on an internet forum. Is anyone know? actually doing this? Yes. Yes. Where? Um, mostly out west. So mm. it's um, Bureau of Land Management stuff. But I thought that was boondocking. That's, that's the camping part of it. So, okay. So <laughs> overlanding is the act of traveling. When you stop for the night to camp, you are then boondocking. So what happens? But you can also boondock in like a regular RV. You can go park on the Bureau <laughs> of Land. That's just driving. Yeah, you're just driving. You're not. No, no. So but it's not the act of movement. It's where you're camping. I don't understand. It's because you're not listening. No, I, I am. I am. So 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 let's so camping in usually a vehicle where there is no like you were like if you were backpack camping with like a primitive campsite permit yes and you just pick a spot and put your tent down and camp it's like that but with a car but does that include camping gear or is it actually staying in the confines of the physical car it's kind of depending on what you're driving so it's it's all about location. So, but usually it's at least attached to the car. So it's going to be rooftop tents, trailers, actually in the vehicle itself. That's all going to be where you're camping. Usually, if you drive somewhere and then like pull a tent out of your trunk, you know, technically that would be qualified as boondocking <laughs> because of where you are. But okay. that's but but people who are already driving out there just attach it to their vehicle. That makes you're sense just, to me because lions. Just making up words and definitions that we don't need to. We're just I, spending way no, too much time. I'm not making it up. I'm explaining it. There to is it. a subculture. Well, not you making it up, but like just in general. But that's that's why I'm saying I, I, it actually does matter clearly because there's some there's enough of a market for this for for this exact activity or this right, right. proposed or supposed activity to go from a couple of things last year to, to over sixty. I mean, every brand. Seriously, every brand I think had something. If Hyundai brought something, Honda, then you know it's Honda a thing. had two, and they brought a rally car. They had a Ridgeline and a Passport. Oh yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Set up for it. Uh, I saw one from Nissan. I definitely saw so, like a couple from Dodge. All the Jeeps, every All, Jeep, well, <laughs> clearly. Um, Toyota has a bunch. Ford Ranger, yep. the Ranger, Ranger, the Ranger, and an F one fifty, and an F one fifty. Okay, so yeah, every brand brought something. GM. You know about GM? Were they there? Yeah, there's a Silverado. And a couple vans, actually. Didn't they have a Colorado concept, too? I think so. They did. Yep. You're right, you're right, right. The ZR2 or something That's the, like that? the Buffalo. The ZR2 yes, Buffalo. Yeah. Yes, oh, yep. And that's, yeah, that's like designed, quote-unquote, for for this. Um, yeah. I've and, never met anyone. And for me, that's the interesting thing. part of SEMA. Like, that that's what it's for, is not even the necessarily the manufacturer. Like, usually the manufacturers team with a whole subset of their own accessories that they do actually make available to you when you buy the vehicle. And they team with companies that then actually make these accessories for your car. Mm -hmm. So like you could take, you know, Nick, you could take your Colorado, go on the internet, spend thousands of dollars in parts and buy the, all that stuff and go do it. 
and I think like, like that's what the the, the equipment manufacturers association, you know, right. That's what it's for. That's it's advertising accessories for cars. That's SEMA at its most appropriately SEMA. Mm-hmm. The stuff like Toyota is doing, where it's like we took this car and we applied a bunch of parts that no one makes and made this concept that no one's ever going to see again on the road. Yeah, that's what I that's what I don't like about SEMA. Whether it's overlanding or you know your own tuner car or your muscle car, you know the entire Summit Racing catalog is there. I'm sure you know. Oh yeah, yeah. like yeah, yeah. That stuff is what SEMA's for. And I think the overlanding stuff, for the most part, fits with that. It's all stuff that is either made by the manufacturer or the manufacturer grabs old man emu, mm-hmm. you know, you know. That is like a that. brand, not an old, not an old bird, right? Not an You're actual right. old man bird, <laughs> old aggressive bird. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. uh, but that and that's the sticking point for me because especially when we look at companies. All right, so I'm going to use. Uh, Hyundai last year as an example or as a forward-looking example of Toyota this year. So last year, Hyundai brought the N and a bunch of crap for the N to SEMA. Right. Including the race car, including mm-hmm. all this mm-hmm. stuff. The the prototype for the TCA N, not N, TCA R spec was there as well. Yes. All of that stuff made it into production. Maybe, let me not say all. A lot of the stuff that was there made it into production. You can do things like buy the carbon fiber end spoiler for your R spec. You can do that stuff right now, although not everywhere and not at every dealership. They also actually did make the TCA R spec, and there's actually a really cool uh, BHA Brian Hare to Autosport has a very cool series that they're doing on how they literally bought their R spec and then tested all of the parts to make the race car. Yeah. It's pretty interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, so anyways, while that's on a small scale and no one really, there's there's not necessarily like a rabid Hyundai tuning community in the same way there is for stuff like Honda, they actually followed through. Now, when you look at Toyota, and that's where it gets so frustrating for me, Tristan, I don't think, I do not believe they're going to make a single one of these Heritage Edition, Gazoo Racing Edition, uh, Wasabi Edition, whatever. They're not going to do any of that to their car. And that's just leaving money on the table. People who bought a Supra would go back to the dealership to buy Mark IV Supra taillights for their Mark V. They would. Taillights and headlights. Absolutely. They would do spoilers. A thousand percent. Yeah, just make it like catalog add-ons where you can make your own heritage. People check, would buy a check green the box, Supra. Check the box when you buy it. Exactly. But I'm saying, even even if they brought out as aftermarket parts, people would bring them in just for that because those lights, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, define that Mark IV yes. entirely. And it's such an iconic callback. People would want to be a part of that. And I really don't believe Toyota has any any plans to put any of this into production. And why do they not want? Why do they not want that money? I have no answer for you. Well, I don't. I don't have an answer for it either. It's it's so mystifying. <laughs> um, however, changing gears. Last year there was a speaking of SEMA trends that started as a trickle and have uh, emerged as a gushing roar. Last year, one of the things that I laughed at SEMA the most for was those stupid, 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 stupid derelicts. Yes. With the uh, electric electric 
conversion old cars. Yeah. And for yeah. some reason, last year, the thing was to make them look like ass. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't understand. Like rat rotting. But but worse, rat, not rat rotting, derelicts. They make them look worse on purpose. They make they they fake rust them. Yeah, just leave it outside. Anyways, um, <laughs> it takes a little bit. It, it takes longer. <laughs> right, that's true. <laughs> they got a deadline, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, take it to the cell flats and roll it around. I don't. Know. Anyways, uh, <laughs> spray it with salt water. Something that I like a lot this year, and also dislike a little. Uh, so a lot of those derelicts last year, SEMA 2018 SEMA were powered by, there was one that was like Tesla powered, and there was one that was, so they were electric right. engines this year, SEMA 2019, we see the actual progression of the technology to where electric crate motors are appearing in all of these cars. Yep. I just want to say first, that's cool. And I'm all for it. Second, that's less than half of the electric car equation. Right. And why totally. is nobody talking about that? Yeah, the the your biggest issue is batteries, man. Yeah, always. Everyone yeah. comes like people. Are going, yeah, the motor, the motor. Now, doesn't matter what the motor is if you don't have the battery technology can, behind you it. You can get those that scrapyards. Yeah, there's a lot of there are commercial vehicles that have been powered with electric motors for ever years. <laughs> years since and the years battery. And years and years since the age of the battery. But okay, credit where credits due. A lot of these electric crate motors. They're doing some fun stuff to them. They're having, uh, they're making them look like V8s. They're making yep. them very cool and and chromey or uh, like futuristic looking inside the engine compartment. All of which is super cool and super dope. But no one even talks about the batteries, right? Because there's really nothing to talk about. I don't think there's any been there's been any breakthrough. Well, not even a breakthrough, but like it's like okay, you buy your crate electric v8 you slap it in your you know classic charger where do you get the batteries yeah like no there hasn't been a company like that has sold the complete package like here's your crate motor and x many you know watt hours of batteries for your car it's like we've got the crate motor uh you're on your own for the batteries yeah like i don't think so i'm just gonna double check while we while we talk about this just to make sure that they don't in fact Offer the batteries offer as well. Offer battery because I don't think they do, and and the reason why I don't I don't even think it's possible because typically the you know the, the motor is one thing; it is its own unit. Yeah. The reason why electric cars were and to some extent are so difficult to mainstream is because the entire rest of the car is battery packs. That's mm-hmm. that's yeah. one of the. I mean, that's one of the reasons why Tesla does so poorly in racetrack tests. Those cars are heavy as hell, and they're not a... I mean, the Taycan came and proved that Tesla, they don't know performance. They don't know handling dynamics. Nope. And the Taycan came and blew the Model S performance out of the water because Porsche knows how to design race cars. Yes. They know how to take a car that weighs probably two times more than a standard car and make it hustle. Yep. Yeah. But they do that literally every day. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and you know, not a, <laughs> they wake up, they do performance and they go to sleep and then they repeat. Exactly. Exactly. They're really, really good at it. But the fact that I think it's what you mentioned, Nick, about SEMA, these cars are shells and these crate motor electric cars are almost guaranteed to be shells or they're all big classics. And the, the the trunk is just full of batteries, 
Right, yeah. yeah, yeah. That'd be the other thing. Yeah. I just... Yeah, GM actually came with one, too. An E10 concept. So it was an electrified C10 pickup with 450 horsepower with the E-crate motors in it. Right. Doesn't say anything about the range, though. That's the thing. I just wanted (laughs) to know. Doesn't say anything about the range. I I don't think, Tristan, that they would even go through the trouble. I don't think they'd be fucked. To put battery packs in the bed or the trunk or wherever. Yeah, Yeah. it says 0 to 60 in roughly 5 seconds, quarter mile in the high 13s, but nothing about, like, range. Well, they doesn't have any. They exactly. tested it. That, with, that is the range. Yeah, a quarter mile. <laughs> Good they luck tested, getting back. They tested it with one cell stuck in the bed. <laughs> Probably. Like, I mean, you know, and that's, um, that's why I'm also curious to see about this new uh, Mustang, the electric Mustang that people are talking about. Mm-hmm. The the crossover concept thing or the No, actual, actual Mustang. Okay, two separate things, both that I want to get into, <clears> but yeah. Yeah, the electric, I don't think it's, it, I think it's like another concept, I think it's a SEMA thing. Yes. Because it actually has a six-speed transmission in it. Yes, so. and I got yeah, wet. We, we posted that on Facebook. Yeah, I, that is fantastic. That It looks awesome. I love everything about it. That looks yes. great. So, I mean, that's But I'm wondering that. about, as much as we love the manual here on this podcast, like, that was the caption on our post was like, is it like how does that work? Is it needed with an electric? Well, that motor? was a double like, clutch, though. Yeah, wasn't it? That I'm not sure. Ooh. Oh, no, it was just a manual. Yeah, I have to look it up. But anyways, uh, well, I mean, that's always been my thing. Like, it's not that gears and electric motors don't get along, and it's not that it's impossible to do hybrids or electric cars with gear boxes. It's mm-hmm. just kind of been a question to this point: as why bother? Because they basically just put one gear in them and say good enough. Yeah, it's you know, more or less direct drive in all cases. Yeah, yeah. no, but that's that was awesome. I think that looks really cool. Um, the other thing that wasn't at SEMA but came out at the same time. I don't know if you guys saw this. There's been that. Oh wait, was it a rumor? Is it a rumor if Ford started it? The uh, the electric Mustang inspired a lot of hyphens. Electric dash Mustang dash. dash inspired dash crossover dash <laughs> performance crossover. I forgot performance. That thing, <laughs> thing whatever it whatever is, it is. <laughs> uh, is confirmed. I mean, they, there's spy shots of it, but they're not really spy shots. Spy shots so much as they are. This is what the thing actually looks like. <laughs> um, thoughts on that? I can tell you, it's probably going to be something I don't really care for. I actually think it looks great. Yeah, it's, it's the, the idea. It's it's hard for me to get behind taking, trying to incorporate a sports car look into a non-sports car. Yeah. Um, so just from a visual aspect, I don't like it because it just looks wonky to me. But uh, again, show me show me numbers. Show me how what's the range? What's the charge? Time? Right. Like, right. It, yeah, you're. It, it's an electric car. Cool. We've got. We do have those now, but we have to. There's got to be some sort of next step. Like everyone's just kind of doing the me too thing right now. <laughs> so, um, except for Porsche, who actually <laughs> problematic, but problematic title. But yeah, <laughs> can't say me too. Yeah, anymore. I guess <laughs> that means something else now. Yeah, you can't, can't say that anymore. <laughs> Whoops. Um, but no, but you I, get what I'm saying. Oh, totally, totally. Copycat. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, I, I I just pulled up the Mustang Lithium. That's what it's called. Yeah, killer name, Kurt Cobain. Uh, so let's R. I. P. see here. We have um, 
a Mustang with 900 horsepower and 1,000 pounds-feet with a six-speed manual. And um, it weighs about the same as a GT500, even mm-hmm. though it's chock full of batteries. So uh, like 4,000 pounds. Which is heavy. It is heavy. <laughs> it's quite heavy. Uh, various driving modes. Uh, it does not have fast charging. I mean, theoretically, the way they the way they've written this up, this is not a shell. This is an actual car. Yeah, this right. car yep. can actually do things. Uh, and it's a Getrag manual. It doesn't say that much about it, which is super disappointing because I want to know more. And I think as a test mule, because it's, it's, I don't know if there's an electric car on the market that actually uses any sort of, there might be two speed electric cars, possibly. Forward and reverse. Yeah, but there might be one that has two <laughs> forward gears. I don't know. I don't, I don't. Um, I don't I don't know of any. All the ones that I know are just yeah, direct drive one. Uh, anyways, I think it's an interesting theory. I don't necessarily know the purpose of a multi-speed electric car. I think it might be the same as as gas. I could I could get almost everywhere I need to go except starting the car. The first ten miles an hour, I can get in third gear. Yes, it goes fifteen to seventy miles an hour. Mm-hmm. But efficiency. Efficiency and wear and tear are terrible. So, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So if you think about, like, okay, if we can, you know, ramp the electric motor mm-hmm. and then on the highway have it spinning significantly less fast and have your foot way further up on the pedal, yeah, you're going to go way farther. Then just the harder you push the pedal, the more electricity is going to it, the faster you go. Yeah. You can go faster while actually using less electricity. That would be my thought. Wouldn't it be something if after all this time, we just come full ass circle around to where electric cars with one gear look like horseless carriages (laughs) with (laughs) one gear? Wouldn't that just be a hell of a thing? You don't need it. No, but I think I think it has some advantages. I'm interested to find I'm out. Curious I, to see. I, I really don't know. Anyways, as a proof of concept for something that I like in a shiftable uh, gearbox and and something I'm interested in, which would be, it is weird to me though that they did this Mustang concept, all this work, and they didn't put a DCT in it. Does Ford even have one? Mm. Ooh. Well, well. Um, I, I mean, what's in the uh, GT? I think just an automatic. Oh, shit. No, I'm going to have to look that up. Does Ford have a D? They have to. If they're racing, the GT, that can't just be a... a, a, a Oh, yeah, but maybe that one does. Ford GT transmission. Yeah, I mean, if they, I mean even if they do, it's going to be only available in the GT. And I get, like... Okay, this is a concept car, but I feel like it's a concept car with at least a stab at reality. It's going to make the car $20,000 more putting the GT yeah, transmission absolutely. in it, you know. Yeah. Why does this say six-speed manual? That can't be right. That cannot be right. Where are you pulling the information from? Waikapadaya? <laughs> you heard of that? <laughs> Guys, that's Wikipedia for all okay, you playing that the was, game. Sorry, that was... Mm, the, the last generation. The last generation. 
Okay. Well, Andrew's looking. Yeah, please. Anyway. Someone do something. <coughs> Take a side note, Nick. Yes. Um, Pen out. This is just a question for you. Oh. Looking at what you've heard about it so far, do you think that Ford v. Ferrari can be a racing movie that Nick enjoys? Speaking of the 4 GT. It is a seven-speed Getrag DCT. You should have used that, you idiots. <laughs> and case closed. Next topic. Um, I don't know. Because I, 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 I pick apart any racing movie. Like, I don't just go to enjoy a story. I think I it's going to be one of his least favorite of all time, if I'm honest. <laughs> Genuinely. He's going to be so mad about how unrealistic the driving is. That's what Guaranteed. I'm, that's what I'm thinking about. Like, I don't think... My, I don't, my, I don't my, anticipate... My having, life is great. <laughs> Because I don't have to be saddled with any of this. <laughs> I can go and really enjoy a movie. I don't. I don't have a pro. I don't think I'm gonna have a problem with the acting or the storyline. Like Christian Bale is an incredible actor. I've enjoyed him in everything I've seen him in. Like, True. Not, yeah. But once they actually get in cars and try to show like moving race scenes, my my brain is just gonna go haywire. He's definitely gonna be mad about. I'm, that. I'm gonna short circuit. I want to film a reaction video of him watching the movie, but I'll probably get in copyright trouble for having a camera in the theater. Well, <laughs> uh, we can just... No, just have a camera on me. Don't show the movie. So we can just wait until it <laughs> mount comes a go- out. Mount a GoPro like like they do like they did like for Survivor, like on the helmet yeah. right in front of you. So you <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's clear it's only looking at Nick. But no, no, no. <clears throat> Genuinely, uh, so this movie came out... Wait, it's, it's coming not out. out it's, it's coming out next week. It yeah. comes out next week. Hmm. That deadline's too tight. I thought it was already out. I was going to say, if it was already out, it's not going to last long in theaters. They're going to push to have the DVD out before Black Friday, but no. We could ask Marcus. For a private screening? And be like, hey, we're obviously not going to record the movie. We're here for a podcast. We want to film this guy's reaction to the movie, not the movie itself. What I do actually you, don't hate that What do you idea. think? Is it <laughs> At the very least, uh, well, I mean, obviously you guys really want to see it. I could give a shit. But I, I mean, really want to see it. I'll probably He's watch it. You don't. No, I don't do movies. I'm not going to the theater for that. <laughs> what? That's something I can easily. There's nothing about the spectacle of this movie that makes me need to go see it in a theater. No, I, I'm not challenging you on it. I just laughed at your statement. Yeah, that's that, all. That, I that's, don't do movies. That's Netflixable. Anyways. Next um, topic. <laughs> yeah. But no, you, Nick, you're really going to hate that movie, and you're going to be super, super mad about it. But I'm going to go see it probably <laughs> opening weekend. <laughs> prediction. Uh, will you Will you come and do a review I'll on the podcast review. afterwards? Yeah. Hell yeah. All right, nice. <laughs> Nick's car movie reviews. <laughs> we, have to, we have to get a new sound for that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, just taking a peek around at the other stuff that we talked about, we might've missed. All right. Hyundai brought a Kona off-road concept. Um, what did Nissan do besides, I just saw here a Titan XD dually. They brought a frontier desert runner, bunch of goddamn tryhards over there. So Nissan, (laughs) this is actually what we talked about right before we turned the mics on when I said, holy shit, they haven't updated the Frontier in 16 years. (laughs) Oh, I do see a picture of that. Yeah. So it looks like the same thing that's been around for the last 16 years, but it looks like it's like a core desert 
Baja 1000 truck. Yeah. Um, 600 horsepower, 5.8 liter V8. Okay. But yeah, it's like a, a dull gray with like old gold rims, but it's jacked up. What What's the, uh, does it say how much is lifted here? Three inches. That seems way more than three inches. Yeah, it's way more than three inches. I don't know. I'm, inches, I'm guessing not looking at it. Here, guess looking at it. Six? Eight? Uh, especially not the back. Yeah, it's it's squatting. The problem is it's actually not, so it's not lifted that far. It's just the, it's, the uh, cut up? No, it's actually the wheels are set out ah. so that they can put the suspension that has long travel. Yeah. When that wheel is all the way at the top of its suspension travel, it'll be over the wheel arch. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> that's a desert racing. That's like a core thing of that. So you can keep the you so you can keep the center of gravity of the vehicle low, but still have like 19 inches of suspension travel. Yeah. yeah. Like you can put the belly of the truck on the sand and the wheels are like up here like, you know, By three, your head. 3 and 9 o'clock for the driver like <laughs> right there. Yeah. yeah. So, is anyone going to even try to go at Ford with and the Raptor? Why is no one trying? Like, I think that's t- uh, that's a really good question. I some don't know. people are trying to get people who want that, but n- don't know they actually want something else. So, like people, so a lot of people buy the Raptor. Yes, and they're and they're like, oh man, this is a great off road vehicle, and it's it's okay. Really, what it is is a fast off road vehicle. Yes, and actually better off-road truck is the power wagon right but that's but that's what i'm saying no one's no one's attacking what seems to be like a very obvious to me ford has a very obvious strategy we're gonna take these vehicles these trucks and suvs that we make Mm -hmm. and we will make them do fast right they will do fast they're not great now this is not to say that every average every average consumer truck consumer, if you gave them a Raptor, would do everything that they could possibly ever need to do with that Raptor. It has a high enough towing capacity. It has a high enough load capacity. None of you are special. None of you use trucks for anything close to what they would actually need to be used for. So the Power Wagon's going with a different approach. They're not facing Ford. They're just saying, okay, that's all great, but real man's TM (laughs) buy this because Torx. Well, Torx and like actual off-road equipment. So right. electronically disconnecting sway bars, various crazy differentials, built-in winches. You know, like it comes from the factory with a damn winch on it. Like, you know, <laughs> so like they're they're going for off-roading in the you know, more overland. Low pace. No, no like it. low pace Just like lie. don't bring it up. Like what people do up north here. Not what people go to the racetrack in Crandon to do up north here. Like, you know, it's like you take your Raptor and you run it around a dirt track. Like, you don't climb it over a log. Right, right, right. You Although know. you could, you I'm could, sure. You could. It's got skid plates. I think. You could slide yeah. it over a log. Right. Yeah. Still made it. Um. Okay, so there's that. And so we have the Power Wagon and we have the Raptor. Um GM, as far as I can tell, is advertising um, tailgates. Tailgates, yeah, they're they're doing tailgates, so that's good. They I do think, have that Colorado version, 
the yeah, but that's not in the same class. Yeah, it's a right. So that's why I'm saying they have a the ZR2 chosen, Colorado is supposed to be that little mini version chosen but. to fight in a different class with like the Ranger Raptor. Do they even make a Z70 or a Z whatever truck anymore? Uh, Z71, Z Silverado. I think so. It doesn't do anything. Uh, all right, so they're they're not even trying. Are they trying with anything other than the Corvette right now? Right now, they're trying to get people back to work. Okay. <laughs> True. <laughs> that's True. What, that's I what was going for hyperbole. You made it sad, but you know it's fine. That's what, that's what they're trying to do. It just seems so weird to me that no company, especially a company like Nissan, that literally cannot buy customers, <laughs> wouldn't take something like this pre-runner concept and go. You know what? We're gonna try it and put something on that. Wait, that's the smaller. That's the smaller class too. It is. That's it? The, that would be with the Colorado and the Ranger Raptor. The Titan is there. Their big Titan's guy. their big one. Yeah, they're matching up more specifically with the Power Wagon. Oh damn! Yeah, um, my whole thing is ruined. Shit. Uh, TRD Pro Tundra. Your house of cards falls. Yeah, TRD that's Tundra. True. Yep. I'm just surprised that no one else is trying it, I guess. Because but even TRD Tundra isn't close. No. The TRD Pro. To a Raptor? It's got, like, custom Fox shocks. and That's a good point, The only actually. thing it doesn't have is the engine. It doesn't have an EcoBoost engine. It's just got a regular V6 in it. But, like, V6 or V8. But it's got, it's got more off-road teeth than the Raptor does. True. <laughs> but it's got, you know, what's that, bespoke Fox shocks and... All sorts of other stuff. I think you you run a spectrum from the Power Wagon to the TRD Pro Tundra mm-hmm. to the Raptor. Yeah. It just seems like simply because out of all of those, I see way more Raptors. I see way more Raptors yeah. than I ever thought they, possible. Because yeah. people like fast. Right. That's why. So do you think that a company who would like to buy some customers would just make their trucks do a fast too? And then... I made it do a fast. Sales. <laughs> All that somehow equals sales. Uh, what else did Nissan also bring? Some anemic uh, 370Z. Kill that car if no one cares. Uh, after killing off the Juke, Nissan went ahead and made a Nissan Kicks st- street sport project. Um, stop it. You guys are really dumb for killing off the Juke, and you brought it back. Well, so, so you know I was right. <laughs> yeah, so don't talk to me. <laughs> um, what else? I'm just, I, you know, I'm actually finding much less to be mad about at this year's SEMA than last year's. It seems like they actually took it somewhat seriously. That's It feels like that to me. I, like last year, last year felt like it was full of ridiculous crap. Yeah. And I, I'm sure there's still a ton of that. Like, and I'm sure I'm going to alienate somebody, but hey, whatever. Can can we can we just enough with the four and a half mile high pickup trucks at SEMA? Nobody cares. Like six people care. Like <laughs> <laughs> they all came in their own lifted trucks. What are you talking about? Well, that's, that's what I mean, though. There are people who are going to lift their trucks, know what suspension they're going to buy, and have already done it. Very true. There, there's no, you're not bringing anything new to this game. You're showing the same thing every year. Hey, remember me? I, lift, I lifted the truck you already have. You own one of these. <laughs> like, <laughs> the people who are going to look at them already own them. But, okay, let me put it to you this way. Actually, I don't have yeah, anything. Yeah, you don't. Have, <laughs> I, I, that's why I made no this, response That's to that. why I made this face. <laughs> I, d- I don't have anything for that. Although, I guess you could ask the same question about, like, uh, all the street tuner parts. Because more or less, they're, the wing is 
the same. You know what I mean? At yeah. least the street tuners are almost constantly getting something new to play with. That's true. Like, okay, this year they brought a bunch of street tuner parts for the Supra. Mm-hmm. Cool. New. Bring it. But how many F-150, 1500s, 2500, like, <laughs> those have been more or less the same forever. That is true. I guess, I I don't know. That didn't really appear on my radar as a thing that theme, that SEMA is stupid for doing, simply because I assume that those people have to... Are there off-roading shows in the same way that there are, like... Uh, like, street tuner... I mean, when you go to car shows, right... There's always those booths for tuning, tuning companies, yeah. but they're not. Are there overlanding meetups, Tristan? So you go to these. I don't go to these, but however, here's my theory. It's in Moab every year, right? I mean, that's that's my thing. Is here's here's my theory is that there are not shows, but there are things that people go do, and sometimes it's all at the same time, and usually it's by manufacturer. So it's like, ah, here's Jeep's weekend in Moab. Here's you know. You know, when everybody descends on, you know, OBX stickers all over my Jeep, you know, but it's all the Toyota people this week. Like, here's Is a, that really a thing? Like, here's a line of 17 FJ Cruisers going down, you know. Oh, right, Forerunners, yeah. Yeah, or four Forerunners, four but FJ Cruisers. Like, yeah, like or FJ, Tacos. You know, FJ Cruisers are surprisingly competent off-road, apparently. Um, but it's like, yeah, here's a line of 17 FJ Cruisers all going down into this hole and back up again. Because they're all going together. Like, mm-hmm. it's very clannish. Yes. Or it's entirely disparate. So, so like, wait, are- they're, they're either all off, they're all off-road parking together, like, <laughs> you know, through through Moab, where it's like a space set aside for trucks to squash natural beauty in only one place. <laughs> right. Or, <laughs> yes. Or it's like, we can't have too many of you in one place. Go do your thing one at a time over three million hectares of you know, Bureau of Land Management land, mm-hmm. and you're the only other one you can see, but in that same area that's bordered as one thing, there's like 200 other people, it's just so big you can't see them. So, all right. Then, is what we're seeing here the sea change where, finally, marketing has caught up to culture? So, are, is this the turnaround where we will suddenly start to see car show style meetups for people with trucks and SUVs. Is this, is this becoming a thing because the market dictated it? Like there's, you know, the hole was these people who were doing Moab, who were doing OBX for dozens of years at this point in their little clans. Are we seeing the manufacturers catching up to what people are doing? I think they're at least beginning to realize that like, people are doing this to their vehicles and some manufacturers are very aware toyota right. toyota especially jeep you know yeah, toyota, toyota and jeep toyota jeep all like, they it. know this mm-hmm. but like you know but does knowing it justify actually offering it as an option from a dealer or are you just going to let it let the aftermarket go I mean, right but and that's, that's that's where they're that's where they have to weigh their balance and especially right. on like crossovers and stuff mm-hmm. yeah but i think i think that yes i think you might start to see them included in other shows i think you might see and like you even started seeing it at regular auto shows a few years ago yeah so like here's the off-road concept for the frontier or whatever you know when you also have to think about how big the companies are and what they're like so jeep is a little bit different because they they do off-road vehicles and that's pretty much like that's their thing 
Well, I mean, you know, they, they, they don't make a car. They don't make a sedan. They don't make a hatch. Like, also, they just have a whole division in Mopar to farm aftermarket development out to. Right. Yeah. But, like, for a company like Toyota, you know, yeah, people are doing this with our FJs or with our Forerunners or whatever it is, but it's a very small niche market compared to the 80 bajillion Camrys we sell every day. Right. So, like, where are we going to focus our energy and our effort? We'll follow the money. Mm-hmm. You I, know? Think, I think that's true. To a certain extent, I think I, I see a lot of input from manufacturers working directly with, especially some of the big name aftermarket companies, and coming to things like SEMA together. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like, you know, if I can tell somebody that I won't make them this thing that they want, but somebody but does, you can. And, but somebody does, and it only fits on my vehicle... Like, they're going to take all the free marketing and free desire that they can get. Like, right. if somebody wants, you know, a vehicle that fits a, you know, snorkel, ARB front bumper, air lockers, a bunch of other stuff that, like, all these big companies make, you're thinking, like, that's basically Toyota. That's it. That, that uses all those parts. Right. And yeah, if you true. want that, you got to go buy a Toyota. So there is some drive the other way, I think. Like people who want to do a certain thing, have a certain aesthetic, buy certain parts, are then driven back to the dealer to get their kind of quote-unquote donor car. Like, sure. you got to start somewhere. So hmm. That's interesting. I mean, yeah, I, I just think it's there's, there's clearly some sort of momentum with this whole culture in terms of it becoming mainstream, and, and that could just be down to the fact that people are buying more SUVs. SEMA has to still exist, so what are they going to do? Yeah. yeah, I think it's a combination of that, and I think it's a combination of a little bit of a realization, too, where, like, there's been this kind of handoff back and forth between you know, the United States, Japan, Europe, Korea, mm-hmm. and it kind of shuffles around as to who's dictating car culture yeah, almost more or less worldwide we talked about it during the you know we talked about tuner car car culture yeah like that was an idea that was started in a very niche way by europeans mm-hmm. and then japanese people were like well we can all do it and then it got huge and then the united states were like that looks cool we can do it yeah and it all kind of cycles around and i think that we're looking at americans <laughs> realizing that a lot of the stuff that you see at like car shows or aftermarket shows in Europe, where you, you look at look at like Mansori made some gazillion horsepower Mercedes, right? Mm-hmm. Or it's like, and we can't use those here. Like, <laughs> we don't have an Autobahn. We don't have an Autostrada. Like, right. And we don't have people who are going to take care of it. Right. Well, we, we destroy yeah. our shit, which is why we don't get the nice stuff. What we have is so much space. Mm-hmm. Like, if I wanted to, I could use my Jeep off-road every day at home. Indeed, you could. Like, just just cut a trail through the woods and drive it around. Mm -hmm. Like, so you'll actually get to use the capability of an off-road vehicle in this country more easily than, like, reaching the top speed in your performance car. Right. So I think people might be latching onto that as a customization with, even if it's still a fantasy, the at least just out-of-reach fantasy of 
I'm going to go off-roading with this thing versus I'm going to take this thing 200 miles an hour and get arrested and go to jail and never drive it again. True. Plus, you <laughs> are going to have to park in the grass when you go to the farmer's market. Yes, so. which, no lie, <laughs> it, was, it was a choice between my car and Jessica's car when we went to Elgin Farmer and neither of them would have been able to find a parking spot because all, op- <laughs> all the open parking spots had like giant lumps and rocks in the middle that neither of our cars would have gone over. Oh, that's interesting. So we drove around until we find a, found a place to park. Know, if, we, if we'd had my Outback or your truck, it would have been like, here you go, done. Like, <laughs> it is weirdly somewhat of a thing, or yeah. can be, yeah. uh, if you're into that it, it was definitely a, It was definitely a joke, but I thought it was... So, so much of a joke that I didn't really think about it and then it actually hit me smack in the face and I was like wow that sucks <laughs> <laughs> well you should get a lift kit for your Rex I'm going to what? that's what I was talking about someone's going to make a WRX Crosstrek I'm going to well I, I know but you can't just do that you can <laughs> it's illegal no. you'll go to jail no it's not no, <laughs> it's, don't do it it's very much not don't do it I actually wish you would do it I'll show you pictures later there's a very well done one that I actually drove a cross track for the first time. And first of all, I should apologize for you for shitting on your shifter because, oh my God, the stock manual shifter. <laughs> it's so terrible. That's that's what I'm saying. You can, oh you can be, God. you can be right on both counts. Mine's bad and it's the good one. I couldn't find the lower gears. They were so far away. They were yeah. in the back seat. <laughs> yeah. The, the shift throw was more than my forearm. Like, just... Yes! Actually. Yeah. It's frightening. <coughs> it felt like, uh, you know, increasing the power on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> Going to hyperspeed on the Falcon. Yeah, way, way up here and then... Pull it yeah. all the way back. Yep. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, no WRX action at SEMA at all, in fact. I didn't find anything... Yeah, I didn't see anything either from them. ...that was at least... That made the news. Maybe yeah. somebody put a body kit on one, but mm. again, like that's what we were kind of talking about with tuner culture. Yeah. The WRX has been around for a while. That's not new. No one's going to write that about that, you know? Good point. So... Ooh. However, hot rumors. Yes. Hot Sexy Rex rumors. Did you hear that supposedly the next WRX... ST, sorry, the new STI, which has not yet been announced, question mark? No, has not. Uh, may end up being a team-up with Toyota. Oh, yes. I did hear this. I did hear that as well. Just a, just a rumor from some, uh, it's a Japanese-based, quote-unquote, insider yeah, yeah. Uh, website who's been right about these kind of things before. Uh, well, I mean, they've already teamed up for the the eighty six and CRZ. So the theory project, is, so yeah, that they have familiarity sh- with one another. Yeah, the theory is that it would be a uh, shared platform that could connect to the Yaris rally car mm-hmm. and also something called and called and I quote the Super AWD. Super, super all wheel drive. drive. Super super all wheel drive. I mean. Is that interesting? It's, it sounded interesting in my head. Now when I said it, I don't actually think it's that interesting. Nah. I think it's a thing. <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of a thing? It's just a thing. It's a car thing. Something to know about later. It's just stuff. It could be interesting. So like, would happens. it just be used for a Yaris and Toyota's then? Because Subaru's already obviously got the 
WRX, and that's like they've got their Halo car. Is like Toyota gonna is gonna be like a souped up Camry or like how is it? Assume they would do something. How are they gonna badge it? Right, it's got if. You know, well, they did it with the BRZ and with Subaru already. They've done it with I'd the Supra and BMW they, right now. Like, how are they going to badge that car? I'd be curious to see if they even brought in a little bit of co-marketing. Because the, 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 the initials WRX are not inherent to Subaru. It just stands for World Rally Cross. I mean, I'm sure it's a mark at this point if it's the name of the car now. Right. It's a, World Rally Cross, though, also uses it. Mm-hmm. So you could reintegrate the existing WRX into the Impreza line and call and, and call it the Impreza WRX again like it used to be. But they just did all that work to spin it off. Yeah, well, I, think, I think they didn't, no. though. I think they just didn't want to update the platform. They updated the Impreza platform and were like, God, it's going to be a lot of work to make a new WRX. We got to wait a little bit. Because huh. it was like 2015 is when they split. Yeah. So like they, needed, this they, they, they needed a few years of continuing the WRX on the old platform mm-hmm. to get it ready. I wouldn't be surprised if they, because forever it's been the Impreza WRX. Yes. And make it, you know, send it back to the Impreza WRX and then kind of co-brand it as the Yaris WRX. I don't know that they would do that. What I what I think they would do. Uh, all right. So over at Toyota, the Avalon and the Camry are off the table. There are TRD versions of both of those cars. The Corolla. Exactly, mm-hmm. the Corolla. Now, I can see them. Actually, can't see them. I wish that I could see them. <laughs> bringing out a, let's call it detuned, TRD all-wheel drive Corolla. They have a nice car in the Corolla. It's In my opinion, I think it looks great. I love the fact that it's manual with rev match. I love all of that. Toyota build quality, blah, 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 blah. That car is boring as shit, and no <laughs> one is. is buying it. Mm-hmm. Because because of all of the... They, they tried to pack excitement into it and didn't bother to work on the engine or the suspension. So what if detuned Subaru engine, 230 horsepower, two, even 200 horsepower in that car would be something, even if it's just Toyota's engine with a little performance boost and a Subaru-developed or based all-wheel drive system? I wish. I wish they would. They won't. They won't. They won't. <laughs> they won't. This is a, it probably will just end up being for the stupid Yaris rally car. No one even likes the Yaris. Yeah. So we're just, I mean, we're pontificating here, and it's we're just going to end up disappointed in Toyota as we usually do. As always. When the, when the announcement's finally made. So one last thing I want to talk about, um, because we need to make sure that everyone knows this, since we're in the off-season of racing currently, more or less. Sure. We just need everybody to know um, that for next year, there is no more IndyCar. <laughs> it's it, just Penske car. Penske car now. Penske car. Yeah. There, there is no more Indianapolis 500. With the Penske is, 500. Yep. Uh, there is no more <laughs> Indianapolis Raceway. It is Penske, Penske Raceway. And there is no more IndyCar. There is only Penske. Talk about a monopoly, huh? <laughs> Dude. <laughs> so, uh, let me just buy the entire heart of the sport. Okay, thanks, bye. Yeah, but, but here's the thing. Think about their last year. Indy 500 champ. Series champ. Series champ, sorry. Uh, Penske car championship. The Penske 500 championship. <laughs> IMSA champion. Supercar champion. 
Uh, NASCAR still going, um, right? They've got two races left, and I believe one of their drivers is still eligible for in the playoff tier right. system. Logano, the defending NASCAR champion, by the way, is, <laughs> is still in the hunt again this year, as far as I know. We'll see what happens after this weekend. But Right. Uh, so He's had yeah. a banner fucking yeah, year. Still, still that. We're, well, we're not done. Uh, got the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Bought uh, the Penske Motor Speedway, Penske Car, and what's IMSP? Um, productions. The oh, for the love of God! The, the, the media company. It's Penske. Uh, Penske media, media as well. Penske so, media. <laughs> uh, Indy uh, is no more. Penske is forever, and Penske is your new god. Actually, what this made me think was: remember all those years ago in the collapse when Penske was the lead buyer for Saturn. And it fell through like the day before they were supposed to sign the papers. How happy are they that they didn't goddamn buy Saturn? <laughs> yeah, right? Well, the thing about this is this whole purchase came together in six weeks. Like, How? So the Holman George family, which owns all the assets to IndyCar and the Speedway and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. um, they just, you know, like we took it as far as we can go. We, as we think we can take it, we want to sell the assets. And then they got together as their board. It was just a family dinner and um, unanimously said the best person to run this would be Roger Penske. So we want, so they approached him at the IndyCar season finale. uh, You want to buy a race series? (laughs) No, seriously, (laughs) seriously. Tony George walked up to Roger Penske on the grid at Laguna Seca in mid September and said, we need to sit down and talk about something. And that's what, what it was about. And in six weeks, they ended up lining everything up to. I think the purchase is official in January. Is like when it's sure, actually sure. done. But they they got enough of it taken care of in six weeks where they could actually make an announcement, That's like an official insanity. announcement. It's crazy. Like the Tony, the Holman George family just wants out. <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. I, I guess the way I pictured it in my head is that perhaps it perhaps after Indy Five Hundred, maybe after the season. Roger Penske walks into the head office. He goes up to the CEO, whoever it was. Tony, uh, what was his name? Well, Tony George is the chairman of... The CEO of IndyCar is Mark Miles. So, reports up to Tony George. Tony George. Goes up to Tony's office. Listen. He says, Tony, I want you to take a look out your window. There's a boxcar full of rubies. (laughs) (laughs) He says... Leave the keys on the desk. <laughs> rubies. Why did you settle on rubies? I don't know. <laughs> that would look cool. That would look super it impressive. Would look I just can't believe. Yeah, I can't believe it. It's that was a bombshell, and none of the you know. I am a disciple of Marshall Pruitt, who is an IndyCar insider, and Robin Miller. These guys, and they came out afterwards and said. Didn't see this coming. Like, we woke up to phones blowing up, text message. Like, yeah. no, this was kept under wraps so tightly and securely. Like, it just, boom, like this bomb dropped on Monday. Yeah. And it was like, 
whoa, what? And I mean, but <laughs> no af- way. But after that year, and by the way, they're what defending champs in NASCAR as well, right? 2018 NASCAR champs, 2019 Supercar champs, 2019 IMSA champs, yeah. 2019 IndyCar champs, and Indy 500 <laughs> winner. 2018 Indy 500 winner. Will oh, right. Power won it last year. So, I mean, that feels <laughs> so like I, for enough. one, welcome our new Penske overlord. <laughs> yeah. That, that, if you're going to have a monopoly, right, you better have the wins first to back it up, right? That this right. seems like That's enough. how you consolidate power. But on a serious note, if there, like, if there is someone who can take the sport, let the sport... Motorsports in general has been on the decline. The few bright spots have been slow IndyCar trickle growth, Mm -hmm. slow, maybe a little bit quicker IMSA growth. Everything else is kind of struggling. If there's anybody who's going to take that next step, look how successful he's been in every single aspect of the businesses that he's tried. And also just making... All the contacts that he's made with Fortune 500 companies for B2B partnerships, like Mm -hmm. the sway the name Penske has like in that industry... Everybody is just oh, honestly over the moon about it. They're like, this is the greatest thing that could have happened. Yeah, and, and making the drivers a part of it as well. Like, it's not just like the brand, right? No one, the, the interesting thing to me is since, since that Penske buying Saturn rumor, I, I personally no longer think of moving trucks when I think of Penske. Right. I've been thinking of, specifically willpower but race car drivers for probably seven years <laughs> yeah it's just like it's just like a racing team it's like a car thing so i mean yeah but he's got he's got world. moving trucks he bought detroit diesel mm-hmm. um he's his son jay runs like a penske media thing that they own rolling stone magazine oh, Jesus. and like uh, like they own a lot of shit like they have a very diversified business portfolio wow that's moves yeah Whew. So he owns the world. Yeah. Basically. Um, I had one other thing. I wanted to get it in, kind of tuck it in when we were talking about um, some of the other Hyundai stuff. Mm-hmm. But just from like the best thing I saw at SEMA, <laughs> did you see the, uh, the Veloster N performance concept? I did. Of course I did. Wow. The, the R-type killer. Wow. They're not even scared to say it anymore. Wow. It looks so cool. Like the, I, I, I'm not yet sold on the spoiler off the back. I get that. I get it. I'm not necessarily, like maybe it'll warm up to me at first glance. I'm meh. But that gunmetal gray with the orange, like it's check engine podcast colors, dude. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> like they made so this cool. car specifically for you. <laughs> it looks so cool. And I love that car. I love the end so much. Well, and you know, they boosted the performance on it. Like they made the chassis more rigid, it's more carbon fiber, it's you know less weight. They got extreme racing coilover suspension, H and R coil springs. God, um, thing's got to feel like a fucking box car. <laughs> Second box car reference, but no, I mean that car in the Sport orange Plus accents in the, in the interior. Oh. oh yeah, I love it. That that car is a hard ride chubby. now. I mean, but very very responsive. <laughs> the the positive spin. It's a. Uh, Responsive and a communicative chassis. Yeah, no, you're you're gonna know <laughs> when the road's uneven. It's shouting at you. <laughs> it's a, it's a go kart. It's a roller skate. Is but, what it is. But um, damn, it looks awesome. That is the best thing I saw in all the SEMA things. And the size of the brakes, just because it's twenty inch wheels, nineteen nineteen inch oh, nineteen inch yeah. brakes, and all the whole wheel is brake. <laughs> yep, it's crazy. <laughs> it doesn't even need a brake pedal. You just think. 
I think I might need to, and it stops. <laughs> I can't. I really hope. I really, really hope that they produce this, and it seems like they're going to at least. It says possibly. They're saying possibly. The just the fact that they would come into the show and call the type R killer says to me that they're at least seriously considering putting this into production. Yeah, and Hyundai has a rapport of coming out with a prototype, but actually following through on it. Yeah, they, they Un- unlike a lot of other people. Yeah, like. It could be their trend. Like, this is their next thing. They've done it now. Please, been successful. Please. I would be in line to get one. I, I, I really love the Veloster N. I do. And I really want to own one. But what I'm not seeing that I'm super disappointed about at the moment, I love the fact that they're putting so much time and effort into the Veloster. But I feel like they're missing the branch out. When is it coming? When... Yeah, like BMW M division, when are there going to be? When can you use the phrase N cars? Yes, because like yeah. I guess I, I get that there's two. There's the i30 elsewhere, and there's the Veloster here, but it's only because right. they don't have the i30 here. Yes, they wouldn't have put the time into the Veloster here if they could have brought the i30 over. And technically three because the Sportback, but anyways, that's yeah. not here either. Yeah, you know, but it's like when does it become widespread enough that every car has a good N version? When are they going to put? Here's what it comes down to for me. When are they going to put the 252 horsepower engine, the one that's in the Genesis G70, the one that's in the lower tier N, when are they putting that in a Kona? Kona N. There you go. That would be the Conan. The Shit. Never. So, surprise. Well, it's either that or the Santa Fe. Santa Fe. So, not in... I'm just waiting for the next thing. I really am. Because <laughs> I, I actually think that could be the next one. They have the 2021 Sonata with his, with a huge redesign. Yep. Yep. That could be where we see the next, but I'm, I'm waiting. Also, I haven't mentioned it before in the podcast, but have you guys seen the sales numbers for Genesis? Like the year to year sales numbers? They're <laughs> hilarious. They're usually like 300, 400% gains in the past couple months. But when you look at the sales numbers, it's just like, oh, well, they only sold 30 cars this year. <laughs> Anyways, the G70 is moving, so uh, Death of Sedan. Uh, Did you me. see the uh, the redesign on the G90? No. They, they're giving it a facelift. It's not simply a 200% G80. <laughs> Does it look good? I think they ruined it. I think it looks way worse, to be uh, honest with oh, you. Oh, I'm going to look it up right now. Yeah, so 2020 G90 or G90 facelift on, on the Jujels. I'm wondering if they're willing to use the N technology you see? With, <laughs> with the N name for Genesis. I don't know. Because I'd love to see, like... Why did they make a fucking Lincoln? God, I'd love see, to see I, that's a what I G70 thought. with, like, mm. with a lip spoiler gray... With the edge of the lip spoiler in N blue. Yes. Like, yeah, 100%. Something like that, where it's like, this is the, the hardcore version of the G70. I totally agree. Even if it's... And I, and I really think that may be the branch off currently. What they have in the N division is a really, really high-quality four-cylinder engine. The 3.3 twin-turbo V6 is a good engine that Hyundai's had around for a while. But I don't think... They've put the development, the the performance development into that engine at all. And while I could see that engine, because I think it's like 300 and th- 320 or 330 horsepower in the G70 now, 
I think it'd be great to see that at 380 horsepower, mm-hmm. 400 even in an all-wheel drive hyper-performance version G70 or G probably G80. Yeah. I feel like I feel like that would be the target, like a five series competitor. Yeah. I think that'd be great, but I just don't know if they're. I feel like that's way further down the line than something like the Kona N, which is what they need to do. Yeah, no, I just I'm that's not a like which is first. I'm I'm wondering if they. That's more about would they be willing to actually use the N name across multiple nameplates? I hope so. No, multiple marks. Like, yeah. you've got like, you know, Audi doesn't like like Quattro GmbH technically doesn't really work on. GTIs, GLIs, like true. You know, it's not the same thing. So I'd be curious if they'd be saying, okay, everything that Hyundai makes, even though it's not branded a Hyundai, gets the end badge. Yeah, you know? yeah. But I, and I'd love to see them just take a monster right hook, and even if they mess it and spin around and fall on their butt, I'd really <laughs> love them to really take a swing at the M3. I would too. Yeah. I mean, I, from. Just from reviews, it seems like, and again, with Hyundai, because of the brand that they are, you have to consider price v. performance. Yep. From what I've read in reviews, typically the, whatever, I think it's like Sport or Premier trim G70 is ranked higher than like the standard 3 Series. Yeah. But when you're talking about the M division of BMW, that's what, I mean, it's almost unassailable. Right, that's why I want them to try. Yeah, If you're not already a German manufacturer who's been making a competitor to that car since it was around, it's so hard to even nudge in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just no one cares. And I don't even care if nobody buys it. (laughs) Well, well, they might. I I was going to say, I'm pretty sure they do. I just want to see them try. I would love that, too. So. Sweet. All right. Anything else, or we want to wrap it up? Um, I don't think I really have anything else. I was just poking around for other stuff at SEMA and I really don't care about most of the rest of it because there is still obviously a lot of that in resto mod, blah, 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 blah. Here's Jay Leno's Shelby Bronco. I, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, tank car. Yeah. Uh, also, um, car and driver featured the vibrant performance titanium chair. Yeah, I saw that too. What? It's just a There's an Adirondack chair made out of exhaust. <laughs> like car exhaust pipes. Hooray. Cool. That that's, that got a feature on car and driver. That's <laughs> way better than the Lexus boat. All right. We're going to fight. <laughs> <laughs> the Lexus boat is better than an exhaust chair. You, I, you didn't hear the sarcasm? It's better. I know it's better. <laughs> I, I said that, basically. I did not hear the sarcasm. I said it's at all. way that's sarcasm, my friend. I think I think you might like the exhaust chair. No. Who would want to sit on a metal chair? It's not hot. They're not running. Yeah, they're not it's not running. <laughs> he in says after I didn't say who wants to sit on a hot chair. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe that was the holdup. No. <laughs> it's because they're dirty. Exhaust pipes are dirty. They're, they weren't well, maybe they were from cars. Well, it'd be cooler. They're if car they were. exhaust pipes. It doesn't say they were used car exhaust yeah. pipes. I know, I know. Anyways, you're gonna get fingerprints on them. It's all gonna rust. Get us out of here, Nick. All right, folks. Thanks for sticking with us throughout this entire episode. We appreciate you listening, but we do not want you just to listen. Okay, we want you to interact with us. We're still waiting on audience questions for an episode. 
Still haven't gotten any questions. Come on, folks. Ask us anything. Brutal. Um, you can start by going to checkenginepodcast.com. We have an email address there. It is inbox at checkenginepodcast.com. Um, the website there gives you links to blogs, links to past episodes, and it could also shoot you off to our social pages. We mentioned it earlier in the episode. Facebook at Check Engine Podcast. Andrew, what's the Twitter handle? At Check Engine Pod. Tristan, what's the Instagram handle? Also at Check Engine Pod. So go find us in the socials. What do you like? What do you not like? What episode ideas do you have? What do you want to hear us talk about? Um, also, if you're so inclined, we do have um, support pages f- um, for financial support to help us lo- help this little podcast out. We have one right on our anchor.fm slash check engine podcast page. There's a little button there that says support. Or we also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash check engine podcast. Thank you in advance. Um, as I mentioned earlier, reviews are awesome. We need reviews. Um, take a second to hit that subscribe button so you'll know the next time we come out with something new. Um, and uh, you guys got any thank yous before we wrap this up? I want to thank us for making not one SEMA balls joke. Well, well there, it, <laughs> there it goes. There, and it was. We almost made it through the whole episode. <laughs> I'd like to... I'd like to thank something entirely non-car related. Sweet. I'd like to thank USB-C. <laughs> okay. Because I'm really tired of flipping my USB cable six times. Same. And the time has come, people, for USB-C. <laughs> stop, <laughs> stop it with the USB-A. Repent. Yeah. <laughs> the end is nigh for you, regular USB. And... Thank you for making my life easier, making my devices charge faster. It's great. Nick? Um, I want to thank SEMA for giving us an, a full episode's worth of content. <laughs> Mostly. <laughs> <laughs> so, and uh, as always, thank you to the listeners who tune in. Even if we suck, you guys are always awesome. And for that reason, we cannot wait to talk to you again. So we'll talk again soon. Take care. Take care.